Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Hello and welcome to Archaeopolitics, a podcast examining politics in the wizarding world of Harry Potter. I'm Adri, your host and a recovering English major. Before we get to today's episode, I want to thank our newest patrons, Katia Ravenclaw and Sandra Nickel. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast. You too can support this podcast and get weekly and monthly rewards by going to www.patreon.com slash archaeopolitics. Today's episode tackles the politics of symbols of terrorism in Chapter 9, The Dark Mark of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire by J.K. Rowling. Thank you so much to Julian Escobedo III for being a guest not once, but twice, because if you listened to last week's episode, you'll know how I basically probably deleted my side of the audio. So Julian very graciously agreed to record this again. All right, so today we're joined by the host of the Nerdy Things podcast, Julian Escobedo the third, and I keep trying to say Julian, Julian <laughs> which is like my like default setting, uh, and that's my Spanish speaking self. So I'm gonna try real hard. <laughs> if you say it like that, I think I'm in trouble. So <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so like, so the first time we recorded this, because let's acknowledge yeah. this. The reason this didn't come out last week was because I lost all my track from my side you know what would have been cool is if you would have just listened to mine and tried to react to it that would have been interesting that that was a thought (laughs) that was a thought that crossed my mind and then i was just thinking you know what that i don't think that's gonna be a good episode (laughs) sure (laughs) trying to reverse engineer yeah yeah. so welcome again yeah thank you to Archaeopolitics. Glad to be back. Um, <laughs> glad to be I'm here. Glad to have yeah. you back because we talked so much about so many things last mm-hmm. time, and it would be really bad for our listeners not to get like the full experience for sure. because I think that you had a lot of really good points to make about this chapter. But before we begin, I like to hear people's like introduction to Harry Potter. Sure. You know, so tell me again, yeah. but for the audience, the first time <laughs> about that, the, t- the first time you read Harry Potter and what happened. Yeah, that. so I actually, I think I read it out of order. I read it starting book two, Chamber of Secrets, which is interesting because 
somebody gave like i i kind of grew up in that same age of harry so i was like still kind of younger i think i was like in fourth or fifth grade i think when um you know around 12 or 13 i I, I don't know something something like that but i started i didn't even know what it was we didn't have the internet back then let me take you back take everybody back that we didn't have internet i'd had no idea of what was going on around the world so uh one christmas i got chamber of secrets harry potter because somebody a distant relative was like hey this is really popular and they like to read and i was like okay sure what what is this and i was like oh cool harry potter and chamber of secrets what is this i started reading it and i was like oh this is really good and i was like okay this is some established characters already maybe i'm i'm missing something but i thought it was just really a really good book and then i find out like later that i read book two and then i was like oh well okay well let me go back and read book one so i started and then that's how i got hooked i I got hooked solely by it being a good story and not because everybody was like oh my god harry potter i I had no idea what what it was and i was just like oh okay this is cool it's not too big i was like this isn't a big book i could probably finish this um and then i did and i was like oh my god this is a really good story and then there's more and i was like okay (laughs) (laughs) At least you didn't start with like Order of the Phoenix yeah, or something like that. No, yeah, that would be I would be really lost. It was just in that moment where you know Chamber of Secrets was still kind of developing the story because uh, the yeah. first one's like, okay, this is a cool story. Here's the, the Wizarding World. Okay, number two, you could probably like gather pretty much all the a lot of info, and it's like, oh, okay, this is a read. And I didn't even think that the, I was reading number two. I was like, oh, there's a two on this book too. What? What is this? This is cool. And then I, yeah, went back. Uh, and then I read them through with the books, read them over when I saw the movies. And then I read them over again, I think like a couple years ago for like a summer. I was like, I want to read them again. So I've read them maybe like three times through, I think. Oh, yeah. So I think we all have, I mean, not all of us, but a lot of us have that experience of someone gave us this book. Yeah. And it was the clueless relative who was like, this seems popular. Yeah. And they read. So. Yeah, because it, it books books a good gift. Like books always like a really good gift just to give or receive. It's like, hey, it's there. Either, you know, you won't read it and it looks good on your bookshelf or you'll read it and it's a good story or something like that. So it's always a good gift to give or get. And I'm always happy to do get or give one of those. <laughs> oh, no, definitely. Books are like the top contender in gifts that I like to receive and give uh, to my niece's chagrin. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're just like, can we have makeup? Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, right now I just started like getting into pop vinyls. So like this past Christmas, I was like, I just want pop vinyls. And I'm like, I don't know why they look cool. And everybody's been collecting them forever, but I just got into them. So I don't know. Oh, which ones do you have? I have. Tell me all about this. <laughs> Welcome to our pop vinyl podcast. <laughs> within the, we're gonna start yeah. one. Yeah, let's just start one. One for each character. Um, I don't know. I have a bunch of random ones. I have one like a Joker. I have, um, one of my YouTube friends, which I said in a YouTube video. I asked people to send me pop vinyls, and then one of my friends did, and she gave me or she sent me a Snape and Iron Man. And I got, yeah, and I got a few other Harry Potter ones and just a bunch of random ones. I don't know. (laughs) They're they're not like... I mean, I know... 
they're not like a collection <laughs> or anything. It's just like, well, here's a bunch of random ones that are cool. I have uh, the 12th Doctor oh. pop vinyl. I also have the 13th Doctor pop oh. vinyl. Because I love Doctor yeah. Who. That's, that's another thing that I love. I don't have any Harry Potter ones. Mm. But, but I do want very off-brand of me for the podcast. But I really, really want all the Golden Girls ones. Oh, that was cute. Yeah. Yeah, they're so cute. I was like, but the little old ladies. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, ha- I think I have, I think I have the Twelfth Doctor, and then Matt Smith. I don't know, and then I have a TARDIS. I don't know, whatever. See, I love it. I Mm-mm. love it. Um, I also have the Thirteenth Doctor Barbie doll. Oh, that the BBC put that's out. cool. It's super cute. Yeah. It's super cute. Okay, thanks for coming to our Pop Vinyl podcast. We'll see y'all next week. <laughs> thanks for coming for. <laughs> thanks to, for coming to all you know the podcast where we talk about everything we have that is not here. Yeah, related. I have this one. I have this one. All right, see y'all next week. <laughs> <laughs> see you next week. Um, all right. So, speaking of Golden Girls, have you seen that meme where it shows you like which? like golden girl correlates to which house so this is like the best like meme of my two worlds colliding was like golden girls (laughs) and harry potter (laughs) this one meme you're like this is it the internet is over so so the internet cannot get better for me after like this golden girls harry potter mashup truly and then when you really think about it like these are Mm-hmm. the hogwarts houses as depicted in the series so in that spirit which house slash mm-hmm. which golden girl are you oh yeah we haven't talked about yeah i'm a slytherin duh I, I'm, I'm like <laughs> <laughs> i say duh because i was like well yeah of course i am but i forgot to say yes i am a slytherin slytherin house and um follow the dark lord and all that stuff you know the good stuff pure pure blood all that you know (laughs) (laughs) pure blood all yeah you know so you'd be a sophia yes in this meme scenario so listeners if you haven't seen this meme you could google uh golden girls hogwarts houses in google images and it'll come up it's the first thing that comes up but yeah yeah Sophia's also my favorite character, like oh, good. low key, like my favorite. But I am a Gryffindor, which means that even though I love Sophia, I'm more of a Blanche, which mm-hmm. I guess checks out. Sure. <laughs> and we did say that. Super. We did say that. Um, I think we did say last time that Slytherin and Gryffindor do have similar traits. Uh, very oh, close. Yeah. The probably the closest houses together, where you can lean one way or the other. So. That's fine. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think Gryffindors and Slytherins in the series maybe don't get along as much, maybe because they're too alike. Oh. Like, like same side, like different sides of the same kind of situation. It's kind of like you don't like somebody that has the same traits. Oh, it's exactly what you just said. Oh, but yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, no, 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 I understand. So. So speaking of things that we didn't talk about last okay. time, but also off brand uh, for this podcast, because we're just talking about pop culture now. <laughs> like, we're we're just getting uh, ready because the topic we're talking about is really heavy. So we're trying to get all our laughs in right now. Okay. 
Yeah, we, we got to laugh. So I wasn't into Sex in the City at all when it was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so I watched all of it after it even ended. And I was just like, man, Charlotte is the worst, objectively the uh-huh. worst. And I kept like watching it and going, the worst person <laughs> in the show. And then I had like a moment of, oh, oh, she's the worst parts of me. Oh, cool, no. Cool, cool, cool. cool. <laughs> yeah, great. Great. So you saw it on screen personified and you're like, oh, wait, that's me. All the parts. Yeah. All the parts about, you know, myself that I was really insecure about or didn't love about myself just personified into (laughs) one thing. Just like, hmm, great. Cool. Uh, that was a moment of personal growth for me to even acknowledge that. And also, you know, and, and also growing further to acknowledge that this on the podcast that I host that it has nothing to do with sex in the city. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh. So, clearly she wasn't my favorite character, mm-hmm. but who's your favorite character? Not of sex in the city, obviously, but of Harry Potter because we got to Sure, yeah. Back. We got to get <laughs> Welcome to our Sex in the City <laughs> podcast. No. Uh <laughs> Um so I like Draco Malfoy because okay explain yourself uh, well I don't like him but I like him as a character because he's really it's really interesting to see his character arc going through all the way through I mean they kind of highlight it more in the books but in the movies it was like okay I can see this character doing all the things but it's like I want him to be better than he is and then it's just because of Uh his you know, circumstances, the way he's raised, the way he's brought up. And that makes you even think like deeper, like, oh yeah, like you're, you're the developer or you're the personification of your environment and the people that you uh, associate with. And I really wanted him to get better and be better as a person. Maybe he did at the end, question mark, that's up in the air for people to debate. But <laughs> uh yeah, I really liked his character arc seeing how he developed in the wrong ways and how he's just like the perfect well he wasn't the perfect bully to harry because he was he wasn't the greatest at what he did you know draco's not the greatest wizard or whatever but it's it was just really interesting to see him uh go about this wizarding world as a kid and to be on the dark side or maybe he's not maybe he doesn't want to do all this stuff i don't know and it's like ah uh, you know it's really interesting for me so i think draco's my favorite i as you were explaining yourself as to why he was your favorite, mm-hmm. I just kept flashing back to that iconic moment in America's Next Top Model <laughs> when Tyra Banks was like, I was rooting for you. Yeah, exactly. That's what that is. I was like reading it. I'm like, no. Why are you going to do that spell? My, oh, my goodness. You know, pretty much. Yeah, that's me the whole time reading Draco's stuff. I was rooting for you. <laughs> Okay, but okay, so that's the person you were rooting for the entire time. But who was the person who were you just like, I want to see you die a fiery death? We can say Voldemort, we can say him, but it's like, I don't think we had enough of like malice from him throughout the whole series. I, I'm gonna say Draco's dad, like him. Oh, okay, we, we have okay, like, okay. we have like chapters and really clear instances 
of Lucius being a douchebag. And it's like, ugh, mm-hmm. like little things. It was like little things that he did to uh, other characters and that were like sort of mean. And you can see that character. Like, yes, Voldemort killed so many people. He's horrible and stuff. But we get these little instances in the book of Draco's dad just being like, a dick and it's like yeah just all the way just die please (laughs) (laughs) do you think do you think if draco didn't have his dad's influence he would be a much better definitely is that yep is that why you were like "Mm -mm, yeah i don't like you that's that's definitely all of his dad pretty much because like we see his mom (laughs) sort of redeem the family at the end or you know showing that she loves draco a bunch and all this stuff but it's like your dad's not the greatest man and it's all because of him that you're like this and you have the feeling that you need to be dark and you need to go to one side and it's like no no i mean lucius malfoy has great hair but a terrible personality yeah like that's just the sum of it like his only good quality might be his hair yeah i mean it's not bad that's not a bad quality I'd take great hair, I gu- but... Uh. <laughs> I guess it could be bald. Yeah. <laughs> it could be worse. Jeez. Right. So uh, when we were talking about doing this episode, I realized after I chose the cha- this chapter for you that your first tattoo is of the actual dark mark. Yeah. So I do have the dark mark on my left forearm. And then I think... My more recent one, I have the Deathly Hollows there on the same arm. But yeah, I was like, when you invited me on the show, I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to read and we're going to read this, going to read this chapter. I was like, all right, cool. And I open it up and I'm like, oh, this is the chapter. I was like, oh, this is the thing. And I was like, this is really cool. So I got to read this chapter and it's it was really cool just reading it over again and getting back into it because I hadn't read anything in a couple of years and I was like, oh, and I know this spot and I know where it's at and I can feel it. And it's really it just brought me back in to uh, J.K. Rowling's writing. It was really cool. And so when you decided like this is the, the thing I want to get, like I I know we, we've already talked about this because this is round two. Sure. But <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Like, but I want our listeners to kind of know like you're reasoning for that being your first sure yeah so so it was kind of like me like i said growing up with harry potter that was my first like fandom that was like the first time Mm -hmm. that i felt like really a part of something and a part of it with like friends and a part of it like with family and stuff even like us getting together to watch the movie and it was like oh man and to to really just feel this sense of like connective connective energy with other people because of this thing i was like wow i never had this before like you know i i don't know i've never seen something like this where we can talk about it and we both you know we experience it so it was kind of like uh an homage to that to to me being able to connect with people and it is a very distinct mark so whenever somebody sees it it is very uh interesting they either know it like and, and be like super happy or like whoa like Oh my gosh, like what? <laughs> but it, it's it's cool, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like it, you know. I, I have a bunch of tattoos of, of things that I like, so. Oh, that's great. So when people don't know it's like a Harry Potter reference, are they like, man, you're really intense and into snakes? Yeah, they're like, oh man, like that's a... <laughs> 
that's pretty cool and it's all black and white and it, or black uh tattoo and it's like oh whoa that's cool it's cool art i'm like thanks man it's harry potter <laughs> and they're like what <laughs> thanks man it's it's from a children's slash yeah. series that i love it is my community <laughs> walk into like a biker bar like cool tats man and i'm like thanks i'm a nerd <laughs> thanks it's from a book you've never yeah. read yeah probably maybe who knows but yeah when i i decided it was my first one and i was like okay cool and and uh i love it and it still looks great and i'll probably post a picture of it so people can see it if they want oh yes yes and i'm gonna have to get that for the insta because these are good good things cool um so we've talked about your uh foray into our beloved series but now things get kind of real because we're going to talk about the politics of symbols of terrorism. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a heavy topic today, Uh, but we don't shy. We're not going to shy away from the hard topics. Um, But first let's talk about what happens in this chapter. This chapter is really long. So we've been going through like the, the book and some of these chapters are like eh, 20 pages. These, this one's a little bit longer and a lot happens, but a lot doesn't happen at the same time. I'm not sure, like, if that was the impression you also got. Yeah, it was mainly because I know what's going to happen, uh, maybe rereading it again. But, yeah, a lot doesn't really happen in this, but it what does happen is really symbolic. So, so we started the chapter with Ireland has won and the Weasley twins have their newfound uh, money. And Arthur Weasley's like, don't tell your mom we've been ga- you've been gambling. And they're like, oh, hell no. We have plans for this money. Uh, they, tr- you know, they go to sleep and then they wake up. Everyone's screaming. There's hooded wizards everywhere and they're tormenting muggles. Um, then in the confusion, Harry, you know, they're out of the tents. He notices he's lost his uh, wand they run into the person you root for, Julian, or Ju- Julian, uh, Draco Malfoy. And Draco has a kind of redeeming moment when he's like, you better make sure that they don't see Hermione. And then, you know, he tries to like backpedal it to be like, fine, if you want to be like showing your knickers everywhere, go ahead. Um, then they hear steps and a voice rings out saying Morse Modre, which is the incantation for the dark mark. The dark mark appears, ministry officials appear, people are like, Harry, Ron, Hermione, why did you do this? They're like, "Uh uh-uh, it wasn't me. And then they see Winky with a wand, which is Harry's wand, and Cornelius Fudge is like, oh, Winky, close, because you disrespected me. And Hermione's like, that is not fair. And kind of just ends in like that confusion and chaos of um, who conjured the dark mark and why? And what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And why are we, do- you know, like it, it's a lot of chaos and discomfort around a symbol that hadn't been seen in about 13 years. That's it. That's what happened. That's, that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> so when we talk about the politics of symbols of terrorism, today I want to kind of center our discussion on how symbols are meant to bring out 
like those like symbols of terrorism are meant to bring out fear in order to incite chaos or compliance. Um, and it depends, like it can incite chaos into the people who it's meant to bring fear to, like um, muggle-born wizards, right? Or people who are married to or, you know, like muggle-born wizards and compliance into followers of the dark mark, right? Um these symbols are meant to cause panic, confusion, so that there's something else that can be done, or just for the sake of revenge or for a real or imagined slight. And then, like, when we talk about terrorism, it's just more than the death it causes. It's about the psychological warfare that it inflicts. Like, when we think about something like 9-11, um, it is an event that impacted our collective consciousness and our identity as americans whether we lived in new york city or not like i can still remember where i was yeah yeah and it's like uh i i don't know how other cultures feel about it or how much of an impact it has on other cultures but here in america and here in texas which is very far from new york like we it was still huge it was still like a huge event and i know where i was and i know um it still is something that you can mark down in history. It's like you you can say before 9-11 or after 9-11. And that's like a big mark. And that's that's insane to have like one instance be that for, you know, an entire culture. And it was and it is still like intense. And there's so much behind that. Well, and I mean, I was in Puerto Rico at the mo- at the time, mm-hmm. so I wasn't even I was even farther, farther yeah. away than than Texas. And I remember where I was. I remember everything that happened that day, like around that moment, where my my dad was like called me. He's like, "Hey," because um, I was sick at home. I had a fever, uh, like a virus mm-hmm. type thing that was like keeping me out of school for a week. And he's like, "Hey." Um, get to the basement and look at and look at the tv like some stuff is happening i'm not sure because he was listening to it on the radio and he came home and we just sat down and like looked in horror as like all these things were happening um and it's affected even the way we live right now yeah so much like i mean we have the tsa now yeah (laughs) that was the one implementation but it is like this sort of fear that still kind of spikes every now and then because of it. And people say the it, it's almost like Voldemort's name and it's really weird. I'm just thinking about it right now. But like if you're watching a show or if you're watching like newscasters say 9-11, it's kind of like you, you kind of your your brain kind of like messes up. Like there's like a glitch a little bit. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, man, we know. Like it all just comes back. So that's how like I I definitely know that's how these like wizards feel when they see that mark in the air yeah it's like can you imagine yeah could you imagine just like sitting there and seeing that mark and just being transported back to like a time of war within like your community and being like oh no it's happening again Mm -hmm. and it's even more because they were probably there on the front lines or they were there with uh a family member that passed away because it was it was used to be put up in front of houses or we talk about it in they talk about it in this chapter, but it is put up in front of houses whenever something bad's happened. So you already know before you walk in, somebody might be dead or something's going on. So like it's even closer for them in this wizard story because I didn't have any family members. Thank 
you know, everything that I didn't have any family members to it, to the, to this real life event, but it's like, I'm still very affected and I can't imagine people that are closer, you know, to the deaths here, uh, how that feels whenever they hear, you know, the, the numbers nine eleven or something like that. Yeah. Well, even, I don't know about you, but if I'm watching a movie that has an aerial shot of like New York city and it's like filmed before 2001 mm -hmm. and you see the twin towers, like you get like that sense of like, like that. I don't know how to describe it. It's not like a, like it's a, a kind of like a pain like a like a mourning sensation that you're like oh that's not there anymore it kind of reminds you what happened sure yeah and i went to new york last month um and i was in i was there and i was in the area that was my first time going and then we uh i think my grandma and my mom went to uh the twin towers thing because they have a thing there now and I don't think mm -hmm. I don't think my grandma could like make it through it because she was like crying and stuff. And it's like, oh my goodness, that's that's intense. And like every a lot of people go there, and a lot of people you know want to experience that, but it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so that happened there, but like, what what is there in order to commemorate the lives of those that were lost is also a symbol to to that effect in trying to memorialize right yeah so that's that still has like an effect on people who didn't even lose anyone who they were close to mm -hmm. there it's just the idea that this could happen and that, that yes. people have lost because of this one event and lost a lot and it's very similar to you know the whole wizarding war and stuff and it's like oh geez so so this whole chapter uh, kind of outlines it and throughout the whole story of Harry Potter it outlines it and it maybe that's why a lot of people feel really close to that close to the story because they can attribute it to real life events for them because uh, you know the, the feeling of loss feeling of these uh, you know having other a, a, a generation go through something or di or close people go through something and you don't want it to happen again and you don't want things to go bad or south yeah, and I think I think part of what happened in this chapter when we see the reactions from people after seeing the dark mark are also due to the fact that they've been living in like tranquility for the last 13 years, mm -hmm. like relative tranquility. And then they see like something from their past that used to cost them pain and anxiety and horror and fear and all these emotions and it transports them back mm -hmm. like a like a ptsd like reaction to yeah. that and that must be really hard yeah definitely to to be at i guess the ground zero for it because they don't know what's going on all the all the wizards that are there they don't know if this is just a mark or did people die or what's going on and then yeah. they get transported back some of them probably to immobility some of them probably just like staring at it they they don't know how to feel they're they're in shock or they break down and things like that i'm sure that happened we didn't you know it didn't get too in depth of that but i'm almost certain that's what happened because it was tragic yeah yeah so since we've talked about what happens in the chapter, I'm curious to know, like, what is your, like, quote that you chose to talk about today in this context? Um, I have a quote from page 141 to 142. 
And it hasn't been seen for 13 years, said Mr. Weasley quietly. Of course people panicked. It was almost like seeing you-know-who back again. So that's the deep dive quote I have. And the side of this, what Ron calls only a shape in the sky, is used almost synonymously with the person that killed so many people. Think about mm-hmm. that. This this meaningless, quote-unquote, symbol brought back as much fear as a person that killed so effortlessly. That's really powerful. Uh, that's ridiculous. And I can't, mm-hmm. I can't even imagine in this world of people where just hours before they were so joyous only for some to be brought back to those devastating times 13 years ago. Um, some people most likely unable to do anything stunned in shock and because they lost a friend or loved one because the symbol is the mark they showed, you know, for death. Well, and even if, like when we said, like we said with 9-11, even let's say they, someone was really lucky and they didn't lose anyone they were close to, I'm pretty sure they read about it in the Daily Prophet. Oh, yeah. So many times that it just became like part of their trauma. Mm-hmm. And they showed it everywhere, probably for a really long time. And and they were, you know, it was seen in front of their face. Oh, this person. Oh, this person. Oh, this happened. This incident, incidents. And it's like ingrained in them. And it's like, here it is again. And it's like, whoa, that's, that's an insane. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so my quote is also about obviously the dark mark, but it's from a different perspective. Sure. Um, also on page 142, it says there was silence for a moment. Then Bill, removing the sheet from his arm to check on his cut, said, well, it didn't help us tonight. Whoever conjured it, it scared the Death Eaters away the moment they saw it. They all disapparated before we would got near enough to unmask any of them. So for me, this quote was really interesting because even though a lot of people are afraid of seeing the dark mark, in this instance, it is people who once claimed its ownership who are the most afraid of seeing it. So like, because they are not in Azkaban right now and they, they have all this power and freedom, after having lied about their true crimes under Voldemort's reign, like to see this mark again or like a sign is a reminder of who they used to be and the lengths they went to scrub their past and how easily it can all come falling down for them. And I'm just like, yes, yes, <laughs> go to Azkaban, yeah. you assholes. <laughs> so, so with this one thing, it it brought two different mindsets for two different sets of people and it's really interesting like that that yeah that quote yeah. is like oh yeah like they were you know they're scared it's like oh no like we're i'm just trying to have you know quote unquote fun over here whatever their fun is i'm just i'm just trying to like w- like scare muggles yeah. i'm not ready for the real thing yeah um <laughs> so so for me like that and like like the thought that for a Death Eater, like Voldemort's return to power could mean that they have to come face to face with their actions. And because we know that Voldemort, like we'll know this later, but we, we you know, we already know because we've read the series. We know that he can sense when people are lying to mm-hmm. him and that fear that it incites into his followers. Now they can't hide behind their masks in you know to the person who can like read their minds basically and they have to comply with their master if he is back through fear but i'm not sympathetic to former sure. death eaters at the same time but i'm just saying like so the symbol like you said it it strikes like fear and panic into 
the people who suffered from it, mm -hmm. but it also does a similar thing to former Death Eaters because they have claimed to leave their past. Behind. Yeah, so it's it's fear and and all this stuff, but for different reasons. So it's all wrapped <laughs> exactly. into one little snake and a, a skull, which is interesting. Uh, just just a very casual light in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> that that's sh that's shown emerald green or something like that, and it's like Ron's like, oh, it's just a just a mark. What what's going on? It's like, what? No, you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I I wonder if after this after this fiasco, like someone to make like a quick buck was like, I'm going to sell T-shirts that say I survived a 422nd Quidditch World Cup. Oh, that would be great. Yes, oh I would my take God, one. That should be. That should be a, a sticker for our page. Yeah, you page. should do it. That's good. Oh, that's cool. I'll send you one. Oh, cool. Because you've, because you've recorded twice. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you've recorded the same episode twice. Yeah, I'm good. I forgot everything. <laughs> it's cool. I forgot that day, probably. I could, I could probably be saying the same thing, you know? Who knows? I forget, too. If not, I would have just recorded my side of the episode. <laughs> You should put my my old audio in this as well. So there'll be two of me oh, wow. and one of you. Or and then you can record another one if you want. I don't know. Just put a pile them on. Let's record this a third time. Yeah? Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do cool. it again. Sure. Cool. All right. Yeah, we'll do a pop vinyl Sex and the City Golden Girls Harry Potter mashup. Yeah. Cuz those are all the same. Yeah. <laughs> those, all the same. those go together. Yeah. Those go together <laughs> so well. All right. So so we have like our quotes and stuff, but I usually like to talk about who like as a character for me exemplified the politic. And I really want to take time to talk about one Arthur Weasley from my end, um, because I, I try to put myself in into the character's shoes, obviously, a lot of times. But imagine being there with all your kids and having lived through the war against Voldemort and then seeing that mark and seeing one of your children and their friend and his friends mm -hmm. neck kind of like under it and knowing that all your other children are around and just thinking oh hell no I can't lose one of my children tonight yeah like that should that is terrifying yeah to to feel sort of safe for the most part they were they i mean i'm pretty sure he felt safe they had a lot of security somewhat and it's like yeah yeah it's like here is a big event it's whatever and it's like here's all my kids they're all here with me like you know and then now they're it's, at a fun event yeah. they're they're not even at work they're at a fun event and it's sports <laughs> it's the sports yeah and it's like whoa it turned into something ridiculous i can't even imagine like his his mindset right there like to have the mark back for all those memories to come back like we were talking about all those feelings of fear and everything else and then there's your kids and they're right there in it and it's like oh geez i can't i can't yeah that that must be really hard so but i and i'm i'm curious to know for you like who was the character that to you exemplified like the politic this politic or living through the politic <sighs> so i want to stay on my boy draco because he <laughs> and and you said it this time you didn't say it last time and I I it 
brought in this whole thing. You said he had this redeeming quality when he said that that one line. And I was like, oh, I didn't even think about him being redeeming at all. Because he said, you might want to hide her or something like that. I didn't take that as like good at all. Like I took it as like he's saying that mockingly like, but it could go either way he could secretly like want sometimes it sometimes he has a front you know yeah. like he sometimes has to be like i need to be tough for my daddy yeah you know? yeah so so when you said that i was like oh he could have secretly been like kind of wanting you know wanting to help them a little bit like but he was saying it snarky in a way so it's like oh that's him so i was like oh that's that's interesting a new play on what it could have yeah, it could have also been a threat, right? Yeah, so I, I guess it depends on how you read into it. Mm-hmm. I'm imagining this could be the start of many a fanfic of <laughs> Hermione and Drake. Yeah, and Love I'm Birds, sure there's a lot. You know? There's there's a ton out there. Sure. Oh, there's a ton <laughs> out there. Yes, there is. But but yeah, I want to I want to stay on his one little scene that they kind of go about for a little bit, and it's like he. <sighs> He's chosen already. We're already seeing the start of him choosing his side, choosing where he's going to go because he knows what's going on to to an extent. He's, his family's been in it. We already know who his father is, whose family is. And he's just there to kind of, you know, twist the knife a little bit on these people that he's already been tormenting. And it's like, it's unnecessary, but he's there in the woods with them and he's doing this whole little scene. And it's like, man, just, just stop. Like, it's they're already tormenting muggles like you don't need to be out here like telling us these things but he's he's already you know displaying who he's gonna be later on or who he's gonna be battling within himself like the good Uh within him and it's like ah so right here i think the most um you know especially book four it gets really real like we get death in this book and we get a lot of you know the symbolism of of death and all that stuff but book four is when it gets really real and i think this is the one of the scenes that we can look back on in draco's storyline where it's like okay this is getting real because he's starting to display you know some characteristics of him not caring (laughs) about people's feelings or not caring about people being tortured and it's like that's not good qualities to have if you want to be a good a good person (laughs) do you think that he doesn't mind because he he doesn't care about people or because he just cares about the power to be able to do that much more than he cares about human beings yeah i think whenever you're that young and if if you know he sees how powerful his dad is and the way that his dad you know is looked at so it's like yeah that that power is easy oh that's how you get that by being mean to people okay cool and it's like and when you're that young it's like I want it all. I want to be the most powerful, whatever, and all this stuff. And also, it's because he knows or he thinks he no one's going to mess with him because of his blood. Like, they're doing it because of who they are, you know, muggles or, or, or people with muggle blood. And it's like, I'm good, man. I have, you know, I'm pure. I'm everything. I'm fine. Y- y'all are the ones that are messed up. You're helping her. They're going to get you, too. And it's like, ah, that that sucks. That's a shitty way of thinking that's a really yeah it's true it's a really shitty way of of thinking about you know like that kind of reminds me obviously like Akia Politics is a politics podcast right but it's like 
those people who are always like, let's not talk politics around the dinner table, but then they'll say something like, you know, about refugees or immigrants. Yeah. And like, politics is more than partisanship yeah also how can you also like you know politics are everywhere you can't just avoid politics for sure and it i mean especially now it's it's a lot harder to avoid it's everywhere uh existential yeah just over over all of us but (laughs) yeah it's like i don't know i don't know it's a it's Uh, an intense scene that that draco has and I think it's, you know, very telling of who he's going to become. So that's why. Well, I, and, he, and he's had. Yeah. And he's had choices along the way that he's made. So it's let's not like we all want him to be better. Sure. But also we want we also know that he's not better. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Not saying that. Yeah. Not, not saying that he's the best <laughs> morally in the in the series. <laughs> I side with Draco. <laughs> Big thumbs up. <laughs> no. I, yeah, that should be that should be your uh, t-shirt. Yeah, I side with I side with Draco a hundred and ten percent. Oh jeez. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so. Julian, we end the podcast usually by sharing the media we've been consuming during the week or lately. So what have you been consuming? It could be a podcast, it could be a show, whichever. Um, so I watched recently, what did I watch? Well, I've been watching anime, but that's like lame. I've been watching a lot of anime, but I watched you on netflix uh, that's uh-huh, that's a uh-huh, uh-huh. definite recommendation for everybody that hasn't seen it yet i know everybody's talking about like what netflix has been you know putting out lately or what they've been putting on the front page and stuff so you is definitely one that's that was on my front page and i was like oh, i'll give it a shot and i i thought it was a netflix original it's not it plays like a netflix original because it's really good and i was like oh it's lifetime <laughs> it's from yeah <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. I don't know if Lifetime just picked it up after Netflix. I'm not sure. I, I, it was a, a Lifetime show that came out in September or something oh, or, or okay, a while so back. Just put it on Netflix? Yeah, okay. it, it didn't hit in Lifetime. And then Netflix is like, I'll take it. And then now they put it on the front page and it's like, oh, my God, now they're uh, greenlit a second season. So it's like Netflix is going to do a second season because it got super popular on Netflix. And I was like, well, that's cool. Interesting. Huh. Um, but I, I, I also thought it was just a Netflix original. Yeah. So. Somebody told me that it wasn't. I was like, I, I thought it was weird that they went to commercial break sometimes, and I was like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I see what you're saying. So, um, Penn Batchley is too good. Um, too good at it. That's yeah, yeah. He's too good. <laughs> I, I'm so creeped out. Yeah, by him now. definitely. <laughs> Like, yeah, well, yeah, I want to see a season two. Hopefully they get the same cast. I'm pretty sure they are, because why not? But yeah, uh-huh. it's a really good show. Um, A little off and a little not what I expected, but it was cool. And it has uh, mm-hmm. John Stamos in it. Spoiler alert, but he's cool. <laughs> John Stamos <laughs> with a beard. Oh, so it's based on a novel. Um, I haven't read the novel, but I am cu- now I'm curious to just read the novel. Mm-hmm. 
Same. Uh, speaking of Lifetime, they've been doing some good content. I mean, they've... Uh, I don't know if you've seen this yet, but they did the Surviving R. Kelly documentary. Oh, series. no. I, I haven't seen it because I don't have Lifetime. Or is there somewhere else I can watch it? Let me investigate. Okay. I, I mean, I'll probably I, investigate too, yeah. <laughs> I heard it's really crazy. I, it's really crazy. Um, it's horrifying. I, I knew some of the things already because, you know, the internet. Mm-hmm. But the way it's put together is just so well done. Mm. Um, I have, you know, I just use the Lifetime app. You might be able to see like three episodes for free on the Lifetime app. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, yeah. it's pretty. Or maybe YouTube has it, you know. Oh, yeah. The non, like paid sure illegal (laughs) pure purely legal or actually um (laughs) i don't know if i want to mention this (laughs) never mind uh well (laughs) if you want to see something that you can't really see porn hub's a really good place to find it like it's you can because there's they have movies up there sometimes and they have like full uh animes and stuff and it's free (laughs) which is really weird um but yeah, that's another video search engine that I'm not sure if you want to go check out, but you can probably find some yeah. cool stuff there. I mean, okay, I guess. I, I was like, I didn't, I was like, I don't believe this. And then I looked, I was like, oh, they have anime oh. here. People are just uploading anime. Cool. <laughs> or like some other maybe stuff. Maybe they're just, maybe they're just like, they won't take it down like YouTube. Yeah. Well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll find it. I'll watch it. I heard it's really good. It is really good. And also, I needed to take multiple breaks between episodes. I'm sure. Because it's a, it's, it's a lot mm-hmm. to process. I, um, I, I had to take some breaks during the Ted Bundy tapes that I watched also recently on Netflix. Oh, I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Just because I didn't know. And I, I, I didn't know the whole story. Like, I just kind of knew of him. And I was like... Yeah. Oh, wow. And I was like, oof, this is a lot. <laughs> so, you know, same with me and the whole like R. Kelly thing. Like I knew because I had read the reporting and, you know, you kind of know yeah. some things. But when it's put together in this such in-depth way and you have the voices of the survivors telling you exactly what happened oof. and how this was like. Oh, it's like it was like systematic and it's still happening and like all these horrible things. You're like, oh, my God, what is happening? Yikes. Um, So but in a lighter on a lighter note, Dairy Girls on Netflix (laughs) is a great watch. (laughs) It's set it's set in the either late 90s or early 2000s in Londonderry, um, Ireland. Mm -hmm. It's pretty good. I, you know, it's like, it's about, you know, that, the, that time where you're a teenager and you're discovering about yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so teenage girl show. Okay. Dairy girl. Cool. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> totally different. Yeah. Totally Whenever different. you, you watch an episode of each just to kind of cleanse the palate. Okay. I've, I've watched Dairy Girls twice already. Oh, nice. It's pretty good. Okay. <laughs> Worth the second watch then. Huh. I might have to yes, check it out. Yes. Dairy Girls. Yeah. You know, when I was a Dairy girl. Girls. 
in uh, <laughs> when I was growing up a girl. In Ireland. In Ireland, yeah. Like, when I was a girl in I in Ireland, you know. <laughs> brings me back. <laughs> brings me yeah, brings me back to my childhood in Ireland. Uh but before you leave, please let us know about all your projects, where to find you on social media, online, all the good stuff. Sure. Um, I do a lot of stuff. Uh, too many things, probably. I do a bunch of podcasts. I do um, this podcast called Everything is Fine, a Good Place podcast, where we talk about NBC's hit TV show, The Good Place, with Kristen Bell and Ted Danson. And we do uh, episode-by-episode recap, and we just finished the latest season and it was heartbreaking and oh yeah yeah it was a lot and a lot of feels and all that stuff and we talk about it and we'll be back for the next season but um everything is fine on all social media or on all podcatchers and i also do nerdy things podcasts like we talked about we talk about uh movies books tv shows all the nerdy things all together on one podcast and we did recently a harry potter pot harry potter month full of podcasts so we talk about all the books and movies kind of ran through them um that's one of those are one of the last ones that we did for right now um i do a youtube channel and and make youtube videos and stuff all i don't know i'm a musician too all this stuff you can find all the things julesthehuman.com j-u-l-e-s thehuman.com it'll link you to everything at j-u-l-e-s thehuman on all social media instagram twitter um everywhere else yeah you're super well branded yeah i've told you this before yeah like you're just easy to find i decided way back i was like when i started i'm like i want it all to be the same here it is i got them all and boom it's really easy to find me just look up jules the human on google i'm pretty sure there's all my stuff there too (laughs) (laughs) all right thank you so much for joining us again (laughs) yeah no problem it was a lot of fun I'm fine. I'm fine with doing it again. We're going to do it again, right? A third time. Third and fourth time. third time, time. yes. Okay. (laughs) All right. That's it for us today. But join us on our next episode, episode 410. We'll be talking about the politics of expectation with Sequoia Thomas from the Fanatical Fix and Where to Find Them podcast. But until then, politics managed. Support this podcast on patreon.com slash Occupolitics. Follow us on social. We are at Occupolitics on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And rate and review us on Apple Podcasts so we can reach more listeners. Do you have some thoughts you want to share? You can email me at info at Occupolitics or give me a call to leave a voicemail at 915-996-1699. That is 915-996-1699.